Hello and welcome to another video on this channel. Today we are indeed going to be discussing what Dostoevsky and Berdyaev recognize or labeled as the problem of free will or the danger of free will or the dilemma of free will, the paradox of free will if we're going to stick to the Russian mysticist um, tradition and they like to call everything paradoxes. So we're going to be talking about what this is, where does it come from, and also how can it be helpful. I apologize for the lighting on my face. I am indeed in a quarantine hotel, so I basically have a lamp just shown onto my face because the, the lighting, although it looks very nice, isn't very practical. So that's a bit of an unfortunate situation. However, the problem of free will or the dilemma of free will is something which is found in many of Dostoevsky's key characters. The underground man struggles with this. Ivan Karamazov perhaps is the key one of this, along with Kirillov, it's this idea that self-will, this desire to have full control of one's destiny, is so strong that it almost leads to a self-destruction, in, in some sense that this unbounded desire for freedom is also leading to an unbounded desire or an unbounded destructive potential in mankind. And we're going to be trying to formalize this problem because, of course, it's very easy to look at characters and look at what is intuitively the case which I think is true. We look at um, society today. Everyone's talking about, I want to be free. I want to embody this liberal spirit. But when you actually look further at it, you realize very quickly that it is this form of self-destructive spirit. A lot of people who are pursuing this freedom, this liberalism, themselves seem to be growingly more depressed, growingly more anxious. And that's something you see all over social media, which is a very sad phenomenon. I see a lot of friends who always post these posts about, oh, freedom, this freedom, that, oh, I want to have control over this, control over that. And you look at their posts on Instagram and you look at their lives and it's just becoming more and more and more of a sob story and more and more of a tragedy. So we're going to be trying to formalize this problem, understand exactly how it comes to pass or actually what are these people identifying because it does seem to be correct but of course as philosophers we have to look at the abstract the imagery the metaphor and then embody that into real life and actually figure out how are we meant to pose this problem and i think the problem can be posed something along this line is that when you say and it comes to the definitions and the very specific usage of the words i want free will well there are two stages you're like the idea of i want and then when you say free will, there is the other stage. And I'm going to be using um, the idea that words aren't necessarily something which is true in and of themselves, but of their use. The meaning of the language is the, its um, use in, in the ideas of Wittgenstein. So basically what the argument I'm going to make here is to say, well, when Dostoevsky say that, says that free will is a dangerous pursuit, the idea, what he's arguing is that when you say, I want free will, that is itself an incorrect statement. Because when you say I want, that already implies that you have free will. To say that I want is to already have made that choice of wanting X. So when you say I want X, it's, you can almost say it's like I freely desire to have X. And then when you say, well, I want free will, what that free will itself means is no longer what free will is in its own, but rather that free will is what you conceive of to be free will. So when I say I want to be free, I want to have free will. When I say I want free will, that free will is not just some random overarching concept of being free, the nature, the essence, the feeling of being free. But rather, when I say I want free will, that free will just means I want Josh Yen's conception of free will. What you then notice is that, well, clearly that concept of that free will is restricted by saying I want free will is to impose your own free will because 
you already have the freeness of the will, the meonic freedom of uh, Berdyaev saying, I want this. But when you say, I want free will, you're then only acting out of a free state, a meonic state, that freedom of nothingness. You're acting out of that state into the state of what you conceptualize as free will. Because we are limited. We are unable to fully conceptualize what free will means. And by putting it to say, well, okay, my conception of free will is to have gay marriage, um, abortion, or whatever you call these in the liberal spirit of today as an example, right? If that is the conception of free will, then well, that has completely limited the, the original massive chunk of the free will which already exists within you to, to um, constrain yourself to a certain kind of free will. And then how is that free will? And how is that helpful? When you say, I want free will, and you're actually pursuing that, you're only pursuing your own conception of free will. And instead of just acting, which is already the essence of being free, you then just are already in chains and you put yourself in chains. And that could be almost some form of Rousseauian kind of everywhere man was born free and but every man was born free, but everywhere he's in chains. He is putting himself in chains when he is entering this realm of free will or trying to desire or pursue free will because the, the free will is something that he is desiring. So that is something that I think is quite interesting. And the reason why I say Berdyaev comes in is that he's constantly called the philosopher of freedom. He talks a lot about freedom. And I think I would like to touch just on this a bit more before we um, end this video, because I think when I termed uh, meonic freedom, you might not understand what it is exactly. And essentially, this is a term um, coined by Berdyaev, meonic um, pointing towards the idea of nothingness, is the Greek word of nothingness. And instead of viewing it as no freedom, it's better to view it as the freedom of nothingness. It's the idea that nothing constrains you. Your creative act, your acting itself is already an act of freedom because imagine, and the best way to understand it is God in the creatio ex nihilo. What happens is that God is creating into the world. There's the nothing, the non-being. And when God creates, he's creating into that nothingness, that, that non-being, and that action is the freedom. And as a result, that is how we should view the freedom when it comes to humans as well. It's the idea that, well, we are creating into that non-being. And as a result, it's that meonic freedom, that freedom of nothingness, which from which we're creating. So in that sense, the idea of I, and this perhaps illustrates the question or the problem even stronger. When you say, I want free will, that I want is already that action of the meonic freedom as well. So I think that that is kind of how Berdyaev's contribution to it worked, because they both, Dostoevsky and Berdyaev, strongly agree on the idea that freedom in its totality is good. But then when you want free will, when you're pursuing free will, just as your conception, that can lead to destruction. And I think that that is something which we should all think about when we're talking about this discussion about, oh, should we be liberals, conservatives or whatever? It's really ask yourself as well, even if you want to be a liberal, what on earth do you mean by I want to be free? And actually, is that truly what you mean when you say, I want to be free? Do you just want to, I want, or do you just want to, I want to be my form of freedom? And that's something we can think about for today. Like always, I hope you've enjoyed this video. If you found this insightful or thought-provoking, then make sure you hit that like button. I'll greatly appreciate it. So